bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. I'm Angela Cote, your host of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on the pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. Angela Cote here, and today's topic is support for women in franchising. I am so excited to bring you three rock star female franchisees from three very successful franchise brands. So today we have Shauna Brown, a Molly made franchisee who has locations in Langley and East Surrey, British Columbia. We have Angela Rollins, who is a multi-unit Great Clips franchisee in the Vancouver area. And she operates Great Clips salons in BC and Alberta and working towards uh, opening in Saskatchewan as a master franchisee, which we'll probably get to. And we've got Dr. Massa Shikari from Pearl Vision. She's got two locations in Toronto. Just for context, my passion is helping franchisors and franchisees optimize performance and profitability. And this passion comes from my upbringing with the family business, M&M Food Market. My dad is the founder and we grew over the years to almost 500 locations. I was involved in many different roles in the company as a multi-unit franchisee for 18 years. I have to say that when I started my advising business about six years ago for franchisors, one of the first things I did was join the CFA. As my dad had always raved about, you know, all the great education, the connections and the support that we get from the CFA. So I'm super honored to get to be involved in providing that education out to um, our prospective listeners today. And so we will get rolling. Everybody ready to go? Ready to go. You bet. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to dig into your stories as you all have a unique experience that led you into franchising when I learned about your backgrounds and as women and mothers you know franchising is a model that typically provides more flexibility than a lot of the corporate jobs out there not to say it's easier but it provides that flexibility so we'll get into that a little bit Shauna I'm going to start with you from what I understand you I know I'm shortening this because there were if there's everything from you were in pageants, which is so cool <laughs> um, to uh, to to you know your schooling that you did, but ultimately landed in uh, working running your parents' Molly made franchise, if I understand correctly, and then you eventually bought it as a single mother. Was this? I'm just curious. Was this because? It, be, it gave you that flexibility to do what you needed to do as a single parent, you know, while attaining an income for the family or what made you think, yeah, I'm going to buy this and make this my thing. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, back in 1988, my parents bought the franchise. I was still in high school at the time. So going through high school and post-secondary, I went off to do my own thing. Um, but then ventured ended up, they asked if I would come run their office. So I ran their office uh, as the office manager for just over nine years. 
I knew then that I wanted to be part of the Molly Maid family. Um, it was a franchise that exactly like you said, I could, I felt I knew I could be successful, but also family being number one to me, I could still be there for my kids um, as that was certainly most important. I mean, I started off my career um, having to be a single mom, but uh, eventually have met my husband and we run the business uh, together. So, but yeah, I mean, it is a franchise that you can definitely do both and be successful at both. That's fantastic. And I think there's a couple of really good nuggets in there. The two things that are really standing out. One is, is that our listeners, a lot of our listeners are prospective franchisees, people thinking of becoming a franchisee. And it's great for people to hear that, that it can provide that flexibility. You're confirming that. And then also the family, like that, you know, you, you got into this, you were, you know, you got into, it was your family business, really, it was your parents. And then you got involved and now your husband is involved with you as well. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the really cool thing about franchising. So yeah, very cool. I'm going to move on to Angela and come back to you, Sean, in a bit, because we have lots more to work through. So mm-hmm. Angela, you have an interesting story. You became a franchisee at 25 years old, which I actually did as well. So I can relate to that. And, and yeah, I remember the challenges of that as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious what led you into franchising at 25. And like, I'm curious if you were looking to get into a franchise or like, how did that come about? Cause it's, that is a young age and, and it's a doable thing, but people don't always think to do it. You know, it's actually definitely a doable thing because my story actually came out of adversity of being in a really bad car accident when I was 19. And I always knew I wanted to get into business, be an entrepreneur, didn't necessarily know it would end up in the franchise world. But uh, in trying to figure out what I was going to be able to do post car accident, I ended up working a part time job. And it evolved very quickly into a franchise opportunity. And again, for very different reasons than parenting, which are now my reasons, it, uh, it served my purpose of flexibility with severe injuries. So I was able to open that and get started that way. And being young, it just provided me with that extra support and structure and resources that, you know, passion and motivation will take you somewhere, but I still lacked the experience. So it was a really great opportunity to, to know I had that support. Yeah, that is so awesome. And yeah, that's the whole idea, right? You have that support. It's like you're entering into a family and, you know, that, yeah, that's the thing about being young. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of people don't, younger people don't realize they like exactly like you, they want to be a business owner, but they don't realize how to do it. And, and that's what, that's what the, the current TikTok videos that the CFA is putting out there to, you know, TikTok being a more um, younger generation listening. And it's like, you can be a business owner too. So you did that. That's awesome. And I'm going to ask you just because a lot of people listening are probably wondering this. I know people that are thinking of becoming franchisees. How did you end up choosing great clips? How did you know what brand to choose? Actually, I caught a little insider scoop because I ended up actually working for them corporately as sort of a territory manager just to oversee, you know, if we're talking McDonald's language to make sure they're not selling a Whopper and and dealing with Western Canada salons. So when I went and had my children very close together, um, I had a shift worker husband and knew I wasn't going to be able to be living in hotel rooms all the time. So Mm -hmm. I actually left Great Clips Corporate, didn't know what I was going to do, and uh, an existing franchisee who I met through through that relationship called me and said what are you going to do now and I said I have no idea and he said do you want to partner up and so uh, there I went when we bought our first one together with my with my pregnancy bag um, actually over to the island where you are 10 days 12 days out from giving birth to take over the first one so 
it just sort of fell into my lap. But I, like I said, I had insider scoop to know that it's a, it's a very you know family oriented company. The support was there. The people were amazing. So I felt very fortunate to, to know what I was getting myself into. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I love that you also, you know, the, the partnering up with people. That's another thing I a lot of people think, well, I don't have that amount of money or that income. And it's like, well, who do you know that might, that might want to join you in this mission or that might want to support you and back you? You know, we often, when, when I'm working with franchisors and they, they're trying to, you know, they see this person that would be a great franchisee that doesn't have the capital. It's like, Hmm, do you have any family members that might want to invest in you? You know, there's so many ways you can do it and get creative. So, um, so that, that's what you did with this business partner. It sounds like precisely. Yeah. The, the relationship was, was there and you know, it was a door that opened for me and I couldn't resist it and jumped right in head first. Yeah. And then, and then the other piece of like how you chose it off that I do hear that too, a lot that, you know, people worked in the company. I mean, that's exactly how I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yes, it was the family business, but that's the path I took because you totally, you know, you know, the culture and you know that you're a fit. So that's funny. We have a similar little bit of a story there. We was, do. We so, do. It's yeah. not just the name. <laughs> yeah. The name and the story. Like I was in the field supporting franchisees. I bet you went through the same thing I did where, you know, I, I would show up and, you know, you're young and you're trying to get franchisees to, to believe in you that you can actually help them. And these were usually, a lot of them were older male franchisees. So I, like, you can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot about the franchisee franchisor relationship. With Absolutely. Yeah, you probably did in that role as well. Um, okay, so I'm going to come to you, Massa. So Pearl Vision, I'm I'm very curious your story as well. So how you came across franchising number one, and then well, we'll pause there, and then I'll ask you my second question. Well, I actually was also employed for their corporate stores under the parent company Luxotica for their lens crafters location. So. That's how I came across um, franchising with Pearl Vision. Once I learned about it, I became really interested in being able to stay a part of the company, but run it the way I want to run it and make sure we're maximizing patient care to the highest possibility. That's, it sounds like this, I've never even really thought about this, but like if somebody's thinking of becoming a franchisee, maybe that's an idea, go work for them, go work Mm -hmm. in corporate or one of the, go work for a franchisee. And test out the culture and all that first. I interesting that everybody here had experience. All three of you, myself, all four of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got my key takeaway for the day. That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. Both my experiences were, and one was the right fit, and one wasn't. So it is good to test that exactly as you said. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Right. Your first one wasn't, and you you can tell then, but that it's not a fit or that it's not something you're passionate about. And and yeah, so anyway, so many more things I want to say on that, but let's, we'll, we'll come back to that if we need to, because we, we have other things that we can cover first. So I'm going to go back to Angela being, you know, you being 25 years old. And, and as I said, you know, went through this myself as a, as a young female franchisee, you know, I had to try to get people to listen to me on my team now. And, you know, I had employees that were twice my age. What skills have you evolved and learned over the years as a business owner starting so young, you know, from then to now? I think my number one takeaway would be is just lose the ego. You don't need to know everything. It's okay to ask questions, surround yourself by people that are way smarter than you. Um, You know, join Facebook groups, join women in business groups, get out there, put yourself out there, learn from other people, male or female, you know, whatever support you can find. 
um, mentors have been a huge thing for me. It's just picking brains and, you know, we're, we're never done learning. There's always going to be something bigger and better and, and things that we can tweak. So, you know, utilize your resources that you have. And if you, if they're not immediately surrounding you, go find them. And when you say mentors, have you had any mentor, mentor franchisees that like great originally, maybe that were great clips franchisees that you went to for help or where, how did you find mentors? Cause that's what people always wonder, <laughs> you know, some outside franchise systems. So started uh, not knowing that many other franchisees. Once I got into this second um, franchise opportunity, obviously I knew some, some good franchisees from having been on the corporate side to learn those other pieces of the puzzle. But now I am just surrounded by people who will give you the shirts off the back. They'll be like, when do you need me to fly there? The, the franchisee community that I'm surrounded by is absolutely phenomenal and you know this this past year has has proven it even more than it was before that it's so nice to have wonderful educated intelligent successful people in in the midst of this chaos that we've all survived that it it really I wouldn't have wanted to do it um, without you know my peers and my fellow franchisees yeah, I can't imagine, you know, for a lot of the small business owners out there that are independent, how it, and a lot of them didn't survive and franchises, a lot of them, most of them did, I think all, almost all of them like it, you know, because you have that support in that family. So that's, that's awesome. Um, um, collaboration in a franchise, if anybody, like, if anybody's listening to this and going like, how do I know, I think one of the things is go find out what how much collaboration is there does the franchisor try to foster that because you've got all these small business owners running the same business right and, and you were able to tap into that so that sounds really good. You know, and if you have an interest, you know, a prospective franchise system that you're interested in, get some names and phone numbers, call those franchisees. We certainly do that. I field calls, you know, I wouldn't say on a regular basis, but I certainly field calls from people who are interested in the Great Clips model. And, you know, they're doing their due diligence, checking things out and kudos to them. Yeah, that's the best way to, to know for sure, right? Is get in there and ask the questions um, of what, what it's like, what, what kind of collaboration, how supported do you feel? So yeah, those are great tips. Okay, Sean, I'm going to come back to you. It's, uh, I, I, from what I see, it's not uncommon in franchising for people to partner up with parents, you know, or I see semi-retired parent, parents that invest in a franchise with that intention of selling, you know, to their adult children. So I'm curious what your experience has been like initially operating your Molly made franchise alongside your mom, if I understand correctly, like, yeah, she still had um, So her and my dad had purchased the Langley and they grew it to Langley, Surrey East. Um, and then eventually Abbotsford. And then when I purchased it, she even purchased another franchise territory. So my mom is actually still has her franchise and I have mine. Um, I'm hoping that she gets to uh, sell her business soon and retire and enjoy that. But, you know, I've just, I thought that, you know, having the franchise together, we were able to, you know, she has so much knowledge and experience that I was able to always have her as a reference. And, you know, you can talk to somebody about having a business, but when they have firsthand experience in that business, in that franchise, it's such a huge support. And like Angela was saying, like, you know, surround yourself with those people, those mentors, those people with the experience, that's what's going to help you grow and be successful. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Did you know that Franchise Canada has a newsletter sent twice a month that's packed full of fresh franchise opportunities? 
With Franchise Canada e-news, you get new content from Franchise Canada magazine, franchisee success stories, industry news about CFA members, educational videos all about franchising, and you can keep up to date on the newest episodes of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast that you're listening to right now. Plus, by subscribing to Franchise Canada e-news, you get a free subscription to Franchise Canada magazine. Subscribe now at FranchiseCanada.online. Now, back to the podcast episode you are enjoying. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, but I'm also curious because I'm, sh- I'm sure there's people listening going, I can't imagine, you know, the head, the head yeah. that could also be going on. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Do you guys have a way that you deal with when you don't agree or have you just been lucky and you always agree? Like what, what about the challenge? Yeah, for sure. So as I, said, I worked nine years in uh, the office alongside with my mom before I purchased a uh, part of the franchise. So during that time, of course, there's going to be a little up and down. So our one rule was we don't on our, we had Sunday family dinners every week when Sunday dan- uh, family dinner comes, we don't discuss the business at all. So business was business and personal was personal time. Of course, I mean, I'm not going to uh, say we never mixed with personal because there was times where, you know, my young children couldn't go to daycare because they were maybe sick. And so they were in the office and, you know, we had a little bed actually in the office for them to come to the office. So yeah, I think way we worked through it was one trying to do things separate outside of the business with still a personal relationship where you don't discuss the business. But I also think it's such a benefit knowing that I could fully trust her. She knows my moods, my, you know, my strengths, my weaknesses. So we built on that rather than using it as negative, we used it as a strength. Uh, so yeah, there was definitely some challenges. I mean, if I wanted to do something different, I didn't want her to take offense to uh, that her system wasn't better, but I just kind of grew with, took what she had and built on it. And um, yeah, I think, I think we did well, but definitely it was time after nine years where I said, okay, if I'm going to keep at this, I want to have my own franchise and grow it um, rather than keep working under her. Right. And so, so are you working side by side and I, or is it, do you have those books your own? I'm not. Uh, yes, that's okay. So I have my, I own franchise Langley Surrey East and she has um, Abbotsford Mission Chilliwack. So they're completely, we have our own businesses, but it's all under the Molly made franchise. She, um, you know, my mom was a, she was a young teenage mom. She went from not having any post education to now growing and being a successful you know, business person. And I just think she was such a role model um, and an inspiration. So I think, you know, anybody can do it. Any woman out there, just put the fears behind you. And uh, just, again, I just go back to what Angela said, you know, build yourself with strong people around you and you can do it. That's awesome. That's so inspiring. I love it. Like just, yeah, you can do it. And, and the, with the people you've got your tribe around, you make that happen. So that's, that's super cool. Yeah. All right. Massa over to you. <laughs> um, so you purchased your first Pearl vision location from a previous owner right. and for, yeah. So for our listeners, they may not know, this is one way that you can get into franchising. So if you know, you can purchase an existing business, where you can see the track record, which makes it kind of a little bit less risky. Um, and that, but then you can, of course, or you can open a new location. So I guess um, with your first business, um, did you, did you realize that that was a benefit that you could purchase a, a business that had a track record? Tell us a little bit about that. So one of the benefits of purchasing an existing business, like you said, is the track record and established patients or clientele base. So you don't have to build that. You already have incoming cash flow coming on that end. So it gives you a little bit of peace of mind, but it also comes with its own challenges. You know, 
employees that you may personally not have hired yourself or um, changing the culture within that specific location that always is a challenge as well especially if it it doesn't fully align with what you anticipated it would be so those are some of the challenges that um, we faced initially when we purchased our location um, and when I say we my husband got very involved in it as well as far as purchasing existing locations go I recommend anyone who is going to do it you know do your due diligence, you know, go scope out the place, get all the financials, see if it makes sense for you. Not all franchise locations when you're going to purchase it are going to be boom, ready to go. I'm going to be making money off the bat. You have to invest your time to get it to where you want it to be. Yeah, that's good. And and just staying on the, on the taking over the existing ones. So I think just you know, I'm guessing that when you like the way I would approach it is looking at the business and how it's being run and looking for whether or not it looks like there's opportunity there. Like was, is the operator that you're buying from somebody who had sort of lost interest and you can come in there with your new enthusiasm and maybe, you know, start with a fresh uh, team of, you know, employees and revive it like was was it like that for you were you were you kind of because there's that kind of if a new person there's that fresh energy should be should be a thing but if the location isn't good or like there's there's other possible reasons it might not be good yeah exactly I think it just um for us for our case particularly it was it needed a fresh set of eyes a f- fresh team to take over and you know just revive it because the location was good the patients were all great. It was just becoming dated. I don't think enough energy was being spent on the business to have it reach the full potential that it could. Right. So you, you could see that, which is helpful. And then, so then, and again, for the listeners that, you know, usually you don't get to see numbers, even, even though a franchise system, I mean, I shouldn't say that the, the franchise disclosure document may or may not give you some financial, you know, representation. So uh, of more, usually the average, you know, locations and things like that. But in this case, you're getting to see the actual locations numbers when you, how do you feel like it was different? Because you opened a second location on your own in the middle of the pandemic too. So (laughs) a little bit to what that was like, uh, was it was it harder, easier, or what? What did you like about it, or not like about it? Aside from the pandemic, which was a complete surprise, it got us out of left field. But um, aside from that, we got to create something fresh from the get go, and everything was exactly the way we wanted it to be. Employees, just the store location, design, everything. We were very involved in that, and. There were no surprises as far as that goes for us. Um, I, I guess the on the flip side, the challenge of it was you don't have the established cash flow coming in from a business that's already been there. So everything's from scratch, brand new. You have to establish your clientele, your patients, whatnot, and build yourself from the ground up. You know, the name definitely helps. It does draw um, people um, that are brand conscious and they recognize that brand as a good brand. You know, we should go here. But that's the other challenging part. You have to be willing to invest the time to wait for the business to grow rather than you already have a base there and you can grow it to where you want it to be. You're bringing up a really important point. Um, All three brands here that you guys are with are established brands that people know. And and M&M was like that. And 
so when we opened, you know, when I opened my store, it was three, the 300 store in the chain, people were ready for it. They knew the brand. So that's very lucky, but you're right. Like it's, you gotta be careful that you don't bank on that. And, and we, and when I was again, back in the field, helping franchisees get open, they, they thought that because it was a franchise, boom, you're going to be, you know, profitable right away. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm seeing lots of smiling and nodding here. <laughs> That's what you're talking about. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what are like, just what are a couple of things that you did and maybe still do, or probably will do even in five years to get people in the door besides just spending money on advertising? Well, for us, it's just the experience that people have with us. And that word of mouth is what helped us grow the existing location that we purchased and now our new location. You know, I think the experience that we give them is more personalized than what they would experience perhaps at a corporate location. Um, And that's what keeps people coming back to us. Yeah. So, so by, yeah. So a lot of repeat business because you're mm-hmm. taking care of them. So get them in the door. You, maybe you're spending money to get some adver- <clears throat> advertising out there to get people in mm-hmm. the door and then you're making sure you take care of them. Yeah. I'm just trying to help kind of lay out, you know, cause people wonder how am I going to get customers and you know? Yeah. And then they tell their friends and family and we've had so many like coworkers come of patients. Like I, they recommended you guys, we had, they had such a good experience here. So we've had um, a lot of business uh, occur because of that as well. Awesome. All right. We're going to keep rolling. Angela, it seems um, common at Great Clips for people to have more than one location. Now, everybody here is a multi-unit franchisee, but at Great Clips, it's especially common. And so you currently have 13 locations, which is amazing, by the way, everyone's mouth jaw drops. Yeah, it's a lot. And when you have that many locations, you know, you're really, you're building a bit like a a business with a team to support them and all that. Um, And your goal is to expand to 40 salons in your portfolio. And, you know, I know franchisors love this because they know you, they, when you ask for another territory or anything like that, you know, you, they already know you and they vetted you and you know, you guys are a fit. I'm curious how has the Great Clips brand supported you during this expansion, like to expand? You can answer that however you want. If you need a little guidance, like do they help with site selection or do they do, you know, continue to train or do they like, do they get involved with the opening? So kind of help us understand. For sure. And for the listeners who haven't got one yet, don't be scared off. We all started with one. So <laughs> you don't have to come out of the gates. It's It takes time. So um, yes, they've been very supportive. Um, there is a real estate department that will help you source locations, find great locations, bring them to you. Um, we also look for our own. So we're proactive, um, but they're also supportive in that. Um, you know, they have operations people that will help you and, and work through our examples with us and look at the different salons and offer advice and encouragement and different ways of doing things. So there is that at every turn, uh, support to grow. Um, Not all of us are multi-unit. There are many of us who are or have the desire to be, but there's also owner operators. So hairdressers who've decided they want their own business. And like when I started with my other brand, you know, the support and structure to to give you the courage and the, the ability to do that. So the support is there for sure. Yeah, so that's really helped you with that growth. And, and the 40 locations, um, is there a reason for that number? 
No, I, I could go higher. Um, there is a, a fellow franchisee who is sort of a, a mentor to me and a hero. And I think she's at 83 now. And I said, I told her, you got to slow down or I'll never catch you. So, um, you know, I use other people's successes as a motivator for me too, and a driver. So it's a, it's a first milestone, perhaps. Nice. I don't know. Yeah. It's necessarily an ultimate goal. Yeah. Angela is taken over. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I, what I've kind of seen is that you know, once you get to about three locations and you're not working in the business, you're really, you've got managers in place. It's not as big of a deal to add on. It's going from zero to one, one to two, and then we're, you know, then, oh, we've done this before. Would you say it's kind of like that? Yeah. From an op, like from an understanding standpoint and go, okay, another grand opening. I know how to do this. I've got, you know, my feet beneath me and, and the wings are open. But for me, all of our locations were very spread out initially. So it was really hard to get that next layer. So it wasn't until we had about eight or nine where I really found that we were in a position to hire the general manager to offset my daily stuff. My business partner has other companies that he spends his day to day with. So I'm, I'm the go-to for the operations side of things. So it was hard, you know, being a mom of two little ones and building, building, building at a steady pace and not having any within a flight or a drive. So I was either hopping on a ferry or getting on a plane and not being able to build that next layer. So the relationship component for me was probably the greatest challenge, really being able to build that trust and that rapport and that respect with the employee pool. We had to get really creative about how we could establish that and, and have that there. So it's, uh, it was probably about eight for me before it really got a whole lot easier. Okay. And when you say we had to get creative, can you just give an example of what you mean? Like, I know that this is even just whether they're a franchisee or not small business owners, a big challenge is how do I get out of working in my business so that I can work on it or, or have more freedom and flexibility than I have right now. So what, how did you, especially not being in the same territory as, as people, how did you do that? I think it was a blessing and a curse because what it allowed me to do was also being that I am a hairdresser too. It allowed me to think big picture. I couldn't go and rescue them when they were short staffed and hop in and cut hair. I had to focus on recruiting. I had to focus on, you know, retention and making sure that they were satisfied and we weren't losing people. So, you know, as much as it was difficult, it also had its bonuses that I could remember my role. And I think that that sometimes we get caught up in that nitty gritty day to day that we forget the big picture resolutions that being the business mind and the visionary is. Now, I know for someone like Masa, she's she is the, the be all end all. Our situation is a bit different. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that, Masa? Yeah, for me, I mean, Angela's absolutely right. I have to actively be in the business constantly. So I go between both offices pretty routinely. I actively see patients myself um, at both locations. I run it in the operations side. I train the staff and hire the staff. So I'm very hands-on regularly on the business. And because a lot of it requires myself as professional side of it, involved. Um, I don't necessarily have the ability to rely on others to take on those roles for me. So that I guess is a part of the challenge, but I do enjoy it because I can have the office and the operations run the way I like it to run. You know, when you, for example, work in the corporate side of things, you see the shortcomings and the pitfalls and what needs improvement. And within my locations, I'm able to make sure that doesn't happen 
or we overcome those obstacles that perhaps a corporate location doesn't have the ability to have the oversight of because of the volume of locations that they have and the volume of employees that they have and the fact that they can't directly be involved in all aspects of the business. Yeah, it's, it's probably a good idea just for people to think about this when it comes to the model that you're getting into. Is it the kind mm -hmm. of model where do you need a certain skill or expertise that you're going to be required to, to work that hands-on in the business? And like you said, there's benefits to that because you get yeah. to have more control and see what's actually happening versus something that's a little bit more, I, I hate to use this. I was going to say rinse and repeat. <laughs> it's hard to let go of the control sometimes though and be like to you people, whereas Masa gets that quality control. She's yeah. right there. So I am envious of that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's true that when you, you Angela had to do it. And I remember for us, when we had our one store, my husband and I were running it together at the time because we were really busy and it made sense. Well, we were, we were engaged and we had our wedding plan and we had to go leave Victoria. We went back to Southern Ontario to get, to have our wedding. And that was when our, we really found out who the leaders were in our team, on our team, like the ones that stepped up, yeah. we, we appointed somebody to be the leader. And that person wasn't actually the best leader. She turned out to be a little emotional. <laughs> well, I'm sure Shauna can relate to this too. Cause every time, you know, you lose someone or they call them sick or whatever, you can't run out and clean the house with little yeah. <laughs> kicking around. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think as you're talking kind of expanding franchises, to me, it's expanding teams. So uh, when I bought the franchise, uh, there were six teams. And so it was just me running the six teams. But, uh, you know, now we're just putting on our 11th team. And I realized, I think, at seven teams that I needed help. I could no longer do it all myself. So I hired a supervisor. At 10 teams, we hired a second supervisor. So it is hard giving up some of the responsibility, but you, I think in order for me to give hundred percent of myself, I need to give up some of myself and then that makes me a better person. So I definitely know it is hard giving up some of the responsibility, but it's uh, makes the business grow. I think it's the only way to grow your business. Yeah. <laughs> and then Massa for you, you, the responsibility you're giving up is just different. Like you you're giving probably if there's something that if you had to delegate something, it would be more maybe some of the business side of things. So I think there's ways right. you can do it, right? You figure out where your superpowers, I always talk about superpowers, where are your best, where are you best uh, utilized in the business? Shauna, just going back to, so, you know, there was a brief period in the past where you were a single mom before you met your now husband and two children. And you were speaking of superpowers, you were active in the workforce. What superpowers do you think you tapped into to be able to achieve that feat of being yeah. a mom and growing this business. Yeah. So, I mean, I found, I tried to, I thought that I was supposed to be the stay at home single mom and then found myself being a single or a mom. And then I found myself as being a single mom. So I now had to provide for my children, but also not, not just financially, but emotionally. So trying to find that fit. Uh, I did find that, you know, I would go to these interviews and they would say, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. I thought I'm a mom too. And they would get to it that I was a single mom and I could almost see the doors close right there because they're like, no, you can't have a career and be a single mom. So I had to learn to, you know, hold my head high. And basically if I didn't have the confidence, fake it, because sometimes you fake it long enough, you believe in it. And, uh, you know, it just put fire under me. And so I went out there, my first kind of back into the career was a receptionist. Um, worked my way up to the general manner of uh, manager of operations. Um, and that was just strictly on believing in yourself. But, you know, everyone knew that my kids came first. So yes, I'm here to give you 100% while I'm at my job. But after um, the kids, there was definitely challenges, though. People believe, I think, in our society, they think that 
you can't have both a career and be a successful mom. And I mean, my kids were involved in, you know, soccer, basketball, football, everything. So you're out the door after work and running around to everything. So it's, it's not easy, but um, it's worth it. And that's where the franchise allows me a lot more time. I was able to do field trips and, you know, all those take my daughter to school and pick her up in my youngest one where my older two were in daycare because I was single at that time. So um, the franchise has definitely given me the opportunity to be the best at both. That's awesome. It, it sounds like when, you know, you got that door sort of almost closing on you, you were like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Me. That was definitely yeah. me. Like, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. For the, for the people that are, well, most people are probably listening to this, not seeing this on a video, but I do have a picture of a fish with a shark, ah. fin, which is exactly what we're talking about here. Sometimes we feel like, you know, we're just a little fish, but we have to kind of put on that shark fin and go out there and, you know, sometimes be tougher on and, and that. So I think, but the, you had a lot of drive and passion for this. And I, that's, I think part of the kind of secret ingredients that, you know, you, you wanted to, you had to provide for your kids. You wanted to provide these activities after school and all these things. And you were able to do that through being a franchisee because it also gave you some support. So absolutely. That's awesome. All right. On the topic of balance, I'm going to just ask you also, Massa, on, you know, being a mother and a franchise owner with multiple locations, I guess, what kind of support do you get? I'm going to skip, skip over the superpowers for a minute and go more to like, what support do you get from Pearl Vision for being a mother and being multi-units? Well, I think it, flexibility is the biggest thing. I'm sure that's the reason for all of us. Why we got into it is the flexibility, but additionally, they always provide ongoing support and training for all my staff. So that's one thing that I can sit back and don't always have to hover over them. Now, when it comes to the medical points of it, I do get involved in that portion as well. Um, but they provide regular, um, communication on a daily basis with us. And, you know, they're always a phone call away. If I need anything, I can just pick up the phone and give them a call and ask them my question. And I always have someone that will support and answer anything that I need and come up with a resolution together. Awesome. So it sounds like great support. Okay. We're going to go uh, a bit of a different topic here. Angela, you, so you are you are on the brink of starting a master development agreement. Um, I'm going to first ask you to explain what the difference is for our listeners between own, you know, being a, a franchisee directly with the franchisor versus being a master franchisee. It's quite simple. So for example, in Vancouver and Calgary, where we have our, um, the majority of our other locations in the Alberta market, we're amongst locations with other franchisees, whereas our Saskatoon one has been plotted for nine to 10 locations, all of which we'll be responsible for. So as opportunities become available, they will be ours. So in an area with a condensed market share, and we're not having to share that territory and look at different, uh, you know, is it your turn? Is it my turn? Who's on the list first and working together? So, you know, you're planning for the market uh, for us, you know, be it haircut sales or whatever. In Vancouver and Alberta, we'd be sitting down with a group of franchisees. And out there we could go for dinner with my business partner and be like, this is what we're doing. So a little short notes of how to do that one. Yeah. Okay. So that's a little different than I was anticipating because it in franchising, there's there's also um, where you would be looking for franchisees if you were the master franchisee. You're not talking about that. So you're going to open these locations in Saskatoon, but you've locked up the market for yourself so that you'll have 
you'll okay. So, and is there like so a location? So it's sort of like a 10 and 10 year sort of plan. Is that right. kind of the game plan? And then they'll, they'll all be ours and we're not going to be sharing the market with other franchisees. Right. And typically for mo with most franchisors, that only happens when you've proven yourself because they don't want to hold up a market. And if you, if you know, you're a new franchisee and then you don't, you know, you're not really optimizing the market, then they can be in trouble because they can't, you know, access. But in your case, they've seen your performance and awarded you that. So that's, that's really cool. And with great clips, depending on a person's experience or background, if there's a new market that a franchisee, you know, that's someone like us who hasn't taken an interest in something further away, they certainly entertain it, but they're, they're exceptionally good at their vetting process and right. ensuring that all the tick boxes are checked to, to give somebody that responsibility. Yeah. So it's really, it's, yeah, like you said, the vetting is everything. Like if the person has the right traits and, and maybe they haven't been a franchisee, but they have experience um, in business or small business or something like that, exactly. you know, look at all those traits. So exactly, that's awesome. Okay. Shauna, we, I guess we've talked already a little bit about support, you know, it's been a decade for you, um, you know, as a Molly made involved with Molly made what uh, do you mind just sharing a little bit about the initial training? If you, if you can remember that far back and yeah. ongoing support that you get from Molly made. Yeah, I, I actually uh, found it kind of comical that after working as the office manager for my parents for nine years, I when we purchased the franchise, I still had to go back to Toronto, yeah. just yeah. like uh, a newbie who had never you know experienced anything, and um, you know learn how to do estimates and clean the homes and you know all the ins and outs. I mean, it was a, a week of training back there, but you know actually I learned a lot from that experience, and that's why I think it's so good that you go in with an open mind because you can think you know everything but you don't know everything and you could always learn from other people so I actually learned quite a bit from that training experience even though I had had Molly made in my life for so long um, and then uh, you know they're always constantly I mean they're always looking at how to improve the brand we're growing with times and technology so we are very fortunate to have uh, our Molly made franchise or Molly made support office always looking and they're always offering different opportunities for us so um, yeah, just like uh, the girl said, um, you know, the opportunities are always there, daily information. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about like you going back there, you pro they probably learned from you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of was a little bit of a, you know, it was a, a chuckle with everybody. But again, I, I can't believe how many things I came back with, whether they were little tips on on training or tip tools to use or just even ways to present yourself in the business that I hadn't thought of. Because I think working with my mom for so long, I just her way was the only way. So it was opening myself up to, OK, there's other ways of doing this as well. Again, that's the beauty of franchising because there is that opportunity to learn from each other. And, and again, back to earlier in the conversation, we talked about collaboration and the ability to learn from others. I remember th those opportunities too, and, and conferences, you know, regional and, and, and national conferences that we would get to go on and learn from each other and um, just gets you fired up. So. Oh, speaking of fire, we just had a, a fire chat yesterday. They called it a fireside chat. So myself and another franchise we are being having very a lot of luck right now. So we did a kind of a questionnaire where other franchises came on to the call as well. And they asked us, you know, different questions, but I think it's so good. You learn so much from each other. I love seminars and conventions. We have convention every two years, seminars twice a year, but we haven't been able to do the in-person because of COVID, but you just learn so much. You gain so much out of that. And it's not necessarily what was taught there, but it's the communication with everybody. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And I, I always talk about the DNA of, of high performing franchisees and 
that the sort of universal 10 traits, which I won't go into now, but just in hearing all of you talk, it's, you know, it's these, this, these, the passion, the, the wanting to collaborate, the community, you know, the things that are happening with all that. And I'm hearing a lot of that. So I'm not surprised to, to have you all sitting in front of me. So we're just about to wrap up, but one last question I'd like to ask each of you. And if you can sort of give like a 30 second answer, that would be awesome. And that's just what advice do you have for women, other women, who are thinking of taking the leap into franchising, whether they be, you know, moms, young members of the millennial generation or Gen Z, older women looking for a career change, new Canadians, just women in general, what would be some advice you'd have for, for them to take that leap? So Massa, I'm going to go to you first. My suggestion would be find a company that aligns with your ideals and values. And that's what I found with Pearl Vision. And that's why I chose them. And once you find that, take the leap, jump for it, go ask other franchisees what their experiences were, get those feedbacks before you make your final decision, go visit the store, see if it's something that you like to do and you see yourself doing. And I think it provides the most flexibility for women, especially to be franchise owners rather than having the corporate jobs. So my advice is, it's risky, it sounds scary, but there's a great team of women online here that are there to support you, to seek their advice and answer your questions. That's awesome. And it's interesting because men, you know, a lot of times their first question is how much money can I make? What are the numbers? You know, and, and women, yes, we also want to know that because we understand that that's important and we need money and, and income. But I, I think women, you know, we think more about the, we, we, I think we have strong gut instincts that we're able to trust. So mm -hmm. like that alignment piece is really, really important. All right. I'm going to go to Shauna and then Angela on this question. So what advice do you have? Yeah, it's funny, but quickly, yeah, you said, uh, in, I believe women's intuition is a real thing. And I think we need to follow that a lot more. But um, someone thinking of a business, I mean, a franchise is the way to go. I think you, you start on step five out of 10 when doing a business, when you're when you start with a franchise. So part of it's kind of already set up for you. Um, my advice to women is that when you're starting a business um, mindset, mindset matters. 100% of is, is a mindset. Don't let fear stop you. Be positive, even if I said before, even if you have to fake it a little bit, <laughs> be positive and, you know, listen to others, be open to others' ideas. And, you know, if you balance what you believe in and make smart decisions based on the kind of risks you're willing to take, nothing can stop you. You know, I'm a proud owner of the number one growing Molly Maid franchise in Canada. And I'm really proud that I can be a positive example of what women can do in our business. That's awesome. I think we missed that. Did you just say number one top growing, growing? franchise? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Somehow that Thank one went over my head. I, I heard the yeah. pageant, but you're in touch. <laughs> I was fixated on the pageants, but that is awesome. Congratulations. Thank, I, I thank can you. see why. I can tell. Okay. Thank last uh, one is Angela. Last but not least. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, do you, what is your sort of 30 second ish advice for women thinking of taking the leap into franchising? Thanks. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Don't let fear stop you. Uh, push through the hurdles and the obstacles. If it were easy, everybody would do it. It's not always easy, but keep driving. Utilize all your resources. You know, there's government grants out there. There's loans. There's the BDC, you know, women's entrepreneurial funds. Really, really exhaust all your resources before you take no for an answer. So stick with it. Really assess your strengths. 
Do you like people? You know, are you in the customer service world? Are you better behind a desk? Like really be honest with yourself and whatever you do is surround yourself by like-minded people who are supportive of you and that are going to push you to be your very best. Awesome. I am just so energized by you three. <laughs> Can we keep going? I'm just kidding because we have to wrap up. But thank you so much, all of you, for taking the time today to, to be here to inspire other women and, and maybe men as well to get into franchising and, you know, uh, take, take control of what they're doing and, and have this kind of uh, successful outcome. So thank you all for joining and we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit FranchiseCanada.online. Don't forget to subscribe to Franchise Canada e-news while you're there. You can also learn more about franchising at cfa.ca and connect with specific franchise opportunities at lookforafranchise.ca. Now go be awesome.